My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 167, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Isaiah 22 and 23 and Zephaniah 1 through 3. Isaiah 22, a prophecy against the valley of vision. What troubles you now that you have all gone up on the roofs? You town so full of commotion, you city of tumult and revelry. Your slain were not killed by the sword, nor did they die in battle. All your leaders have fled together. They have been captured without using the bow. All you who were caught were taken prisoner together, having fled while the enemy was still far away. Therefore I say, turn away from me. Let me weep bitterly. Do not try to console me over the destruction of my people. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, has a day of tumult and trampling in terror in the valley of vision, a day of battering down walls and of crying out to the mountains. Alam takes up the quiver with her charioteers and horses. Kerr uncovers the shield. Your choicest valleys are full of chariots and horsemen are posted at the city gates. The Lord stripped away the defenses of Judah and you looked in that day to the weapons in the palace of the forest. You saw that the walls of the city of David were broken through in many places. You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the buildings in Jerusalem and tore down houses to strengthen the wall. You built a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, but you did not look to the one who made it or have regard for the one who planned it long ago. The Lord, the Lord Almighty called you on that day to weep and to wail, to tear out your hair and put on sackcloth. But see, there is joy and revelry, slaughtering of cattle and killing of sheep, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we die. The Lord Almighty has revealed this in my hearing. Till your dying day, this sin will not be atoned for, says the Lord, the Lord Almighty. This is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty says. Go, say to this steward, to Shipna, the palace administrator, what are you doing here? And who gave you permission to cut out a grave for yourself here, hewing your grave on the height and chiseling your resting place in that rock? Beware, the Lord is about to take firm hold of you and hurl you away. You mighty man, he will roll you up tightly like a ball and throw you into a large country. There you will die, and there the chariots you were so proud of will become a disgrace to your master's house. I will dispose you from your office, and you will be ousted from your position. In that day I will summon my servant, Alekim, son of Hilakah. I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him, and hand your authority over to him. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the people of Judah. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. He will become a seat of honor for the house of his father. All the glory of his family will hang on him, its offspring and offshoots. 
all its lesser vessels from the bowls to all the jars. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, the peg driven into the firm place will give way. It will be sheared off and will fall, and the load hanging on it will cut down. The Lord has spoken. A prophecy against Tyre. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, for Tyre is destroyed and left without house or harbor from the land of Cyprus. Word has come to them. Be silent, you people of the island and your merchants of Sidon, whom the seafarers have enriched. On the great waters came the grain of the Shehor. The harvest of the Nile was the revenue of Tyre, and she became the marketplace of the nations. Be ashamed, Sidon, and your fortress of the sea, for the sea has spoken. I have neither been in labor nor given birth. I have neither reared sons nor brought up daughters. When word comes to Egypt, they will be in anguish at the report from Tyre. Cross over to Tarshish. Wail, you people of the island. Is this your city of revelry, the old, old city, whose feet have taken her to settle in far-off lands? who plan this against Tyre, the bestowers of crowns, whose merchants are princes, whose traders are renowned in the earth, the Lord Almighty planned it, to bring down her pride and all her splendor, and to humble all who are renowned on the earth. Till your land, as they do along the Nile, daughter of Tarshish, for you no longer have a harbor. The Lord has stretched out his hand over the sea and made its kingdom tremble. It has given an order concerning Phoenicia, that her fortresses be destroyed. He said, No more of your reveling, virgin daughter of Sidon, now crushed. Up, cross over to Cyprus, even there you will find no rest. Look at the land of the Babylonians, this people that is now of no account. The Assyrians have made it a place for desert creatures. They raised up their siege towers, they stripped its fortresses bare and turned it into ruin. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, your fortress is destroyed. At that time, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years, the span of a king's life. But at the end of these 70 years, it will happen to Tyre, as in the song of the prostitute. Take up a harp, walk through the city, you forgotten prostitute. Play the harp well, sing many a song, so that you will be remembered. At the end of 70 years, the Lord will deal with Tyre. She will return to her lucrative prostitution and will ply her trade with all the kingdoms on the face of the earth. Yet her profit and her earnings will be set apart for the Lord. They will not be stored or up or hoarded. Her profits will go to those who live before the Lord for abundant food and fine clothes. Zephaniah chapter 1 the word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, during the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away both man and beast. I will sweep away the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea and the idols that cause the wicked to stumble. When I destroy all mankind on the face of the earth, declares the Lord, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who live in Jerusalem. I will destroy every remnant of Baal worship in this place, the very names of the idolatrous priests, those who bow down on the roofs to worship the starry hosts, those who bow down and swear by the Lord and who also swear by Molech, those who turn back from following the Lord and neither seek the Lord nor inquire of him. Be silent before the Sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated those He has invited. 
On the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all those clad in foreign clothes. On that day, I will punish all who avoid stepping on the threshold, who fill the temple of their gods with violence and deceit. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will go up from the fish gate, wailing from the new quarter and a loud crash from the hills. Wail, you who live in the market district. All your merchants will be wiped out. All who trade with silver will be destroyed. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. Their wealth will be plundered, their houses demolished. Though they build houses, they will not live in them. Though they plant vineyards, they will not drink the wine. The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty warrior shouts his battle cry. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of trouble and ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the corner towers. I will bring such distress on all people that they will grope about like those who are blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood will be poured out like dust, and their entrails like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his jealousy, the whole earth will be consumed, for he will make a sudden end of all who live on the earth. Gather yourselves together, you shameful nation, before the decree takes effect. And that day passes like windblown chafe before the Lord's fierce anger. Come upon you before the day of the Lord's wrath, comes upon you. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land. You who do what He commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Gaza will be abandoned, and Ashkelon left in ruins. At midday, Ashdod will be emptied, and Ekron uprooted. Woe to you who live by the sea. You Carathite people, the word of the Lord is against you. Canaan, land of Philistines, he says, I will destroy you, and none will be left. The land by the sea will become pastures, having wells for shepherds and pens for flocks. That land will belong to the remnant of the people of Judah. There they will find pasture. In the evening they will lie down in the houses of Ashkelon. The Lord their God will care for them. He will restore their fortunes. I have heard the insults of Moab and the taunts of the Ammonites, who insulted my people and made threats against their lands. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, surely Moab will become like Sodom, the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a place of weeds and salt pits, a wasteland forever. The remnants of my people will plunder them. The survivors of my nation will inherit their land. This is what they will get in return for their pride, for insulting and mocking the people of the Lord Almighty. The Lord will be awesome to them when He destroys all the gods of the earth. Distant nations will bow down to Him, all of them in their own lands. You Cushites, too, will be slain by my sword. He will stretch out His hand against the north and destroy Assyria, leaving Nineveh utterly desolate and dry as the desert. Flocks and herds will lie down there, creatures of every kind. The desert owl and the screech owl will roost on her columns. Their hooting will echo through the windows. Rubble will fill the doorways. The beams of cedar will be exposed. This is the city of revelry that lived in safety. She said to herself, I am the one and there is none beside me. What a ruin she has become, a lair of wild beasts. All who pass by her scoff and shake their fists. 
Woe to the city of oppressors, rebellious and defiled. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her rulers are even wolves who leave nothing for the morning. Her prophets are unprincipled. They are treacherous people. Her priests profane the sanctuary and do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no wrong. Morning by morning he dispenses his justice, and every new day he does not fail. Yet the unrighteous know no shame. I have destroyed nations. Their strongholds are demolished. I have left their streets deserted, with no one passing through. Their cities are laid waste. They are deserted and empty. Of Jerusalem I thought, surely you will fear me and accept correction. Then her place of refuge would not be destroyed, nor all my punishments come upon her. But they were still eager to act corruptly in all they did. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day I will stand up to testify. I have decided to assemble the nations, to gather the kingdoms and to pour out my wrath on them. All my fierce anger, the whole world will become consumed by the fear of my jealous anger. Then I will purify the lips of the peoples, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. From beyond the river of Cush, my worshipers, my scattered people, will bring me offerings. On that day, you, Jerusalem, will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me, because I will remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and humble, the remnant of Israel, will trust in the name of the Lord. They will do no wrong. They will tell no lies. A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppress you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. We read from the prophet Zephaniah about impending judgment today. Remember, there were four prophets in the pre-Syrian exile, two to the northern kingdom, Amos and Hosea. Marty Solomon gives each prophet an image or a concept for their message. For Amos, he gave that plumb line and ripe fruit in his address to the northern kingdom of Israel about their idolatry that was also connected to injustice and Hosea's message of, you betrayed me through a prostitute, but also the emphasis on God's prodigal love and pursuit he's pursuing and welcoming back the betrayer. In this story, the prophet Zephaniah speaks to a people in the southern kingdom that have already been captured and suffered at the hands of the Assyrians 
and it looks like their future is only going to become more bleak as they will be taken over by the Babylonians. Marty Solomon points out how the prophet's message are not just about idolatry or upset over worshiping the wrong God or in the wrong way. The issue is connected to the heart shift, which impacts the behavior, and the behavior being addressed, the wrath seems to be pointed at the injustice and oppression of the Israelites against the marginalized. Marty Solomon reminded me that God wants our hearts, eyes, and worship, yes, but he wants it because he knows that his way of leading and requiring self-sacrifice leads to shalom and flourishing, whereas other gods lead to pride and self-preservation. The prophet Zephaniah does talk about the Hebrew word mishpat, which has to do with restorative justice, a value that is placed on God's order and the disruptive and sometimes retributive justice that may be required. But there's also the Hebrew word zedekah, the prodigal, generous, lifting up from shame to righteousness or honor. Some think of it as charity, but it's this right siding of things. Marty Solomon discusses how Zephaniah's message is focused on the Hebrew word shiva, which means repent, but not just saying, I'm sorry, owning a mistake, and moving forward. It means to return. There can be a semantic stigma or baggage based on Christian history that comes with the misuse, misunderstanding, or at best, incomplete understanding of the word repent, because this Hebrew word, the root, Shuv means to turn, to make a U-turn, to return, or come home. Come to the starting point, and where is the starting point in this story? Creation, God's creation, where wholeness, shalom, goodness, humanity is rooted in this understanding. Marty Solomon challenges my understanding by suggesting we can't return unless we know where to start, and that we start there where we ask what is most true about who we are. Sometimes I think the narrative in our heads, or maybe even in our culture or subculture, is that at our root, we are bad or broken. But Dr. Carmen Imes challenges me not to think of ourselves as broken, for that is not the word God chose to use to describe us, ever. To come back to our truest self, what we were designed to be in the story, is the kingdom of priests, The priesthood, as Marty Solomon describes, seeking righteousness, zedekah, and justice, mishpat, seeking humility, and when needed, shiva, to repent and return when we are headed down the wrong road because our hearts can easily drift and become hardened, as we've read in the story time and time again. What is our number one safeguard? Remember, it's to remember the story to come close to the details and remember who Yahweh God is, what He has done, what He's promised and what He's doing, and soon what Jesus is going to do, what we know He's done, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. The prophet Zephaniah had a special message for not only the southern kingdom of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, but his address, his accusation, is specifically geared toward the priests who were sacrificing babies to the false god Molech outside of Jerusalem near Gehenna. Marty Solomon again anchors for me that we cannot pull apart doctrine or pointing to one god or god first and our behavior. 
We can't separate them. They're tethered together. And this seems to be illustrated by the fact that the accusation, the wrongdoing, isn't just worshiping the wrong God, Molech in this case, but it's what's talked about is pride, the way the leaders and people don't take care of others, exploiting the vulnerable, plundering and making fortunes by building empires on the backs of others. God cares about how we treat others. And if we love him, we follow him. We pursue self-sacrificial love. Shema leads to shalom and worshiping other gods leads to profit, which are unprincipled, that kind of profit, and doing violence against God's law. Again, not saying that profit is bad, but God is the giver of profit. It's a gift. And like vapor, we don't try to control it and we don't try to build it or acquire it by oppressing others. We are also made aware, although I think it's hard to understand, but maybe just wrestle with that as Marty Solomon says, God's wrath, his justice is part of the process of getting us back on track. It is used sometimes in the story to purge and purify the hearts of humans, us. I think of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. We haven't read these stories yet, but that's what I think of. Who didn't ask to leave the fire or the lion's den. Their testimony, their prayers, remembered who God was, remembered their story. And no matter the outcome, they had faith that God would use it for His name, for His purpose, which He called us into missional, pursued and participation in with him from the very beginning. They recognize their role in the story. And even when God saves them, they all pointed to God for the glory and the audiences knew it. They saw this glimmer of who God was. So much to reflect on from the prophet Zephaniah. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.